My name is Adam Scorgi, and I am the sole owner and creative hustler of Scorgi Production Films here in Edmonton, Alberta. Now, you're from Edmonton and lived Edmonton in your entire life, or? No, I've lived all over the world, but I lived in Edmonton when I was really young, and then I moved to Australia when I was like seven, turning eight, and then lived in Singapore and Houston, Texas, and went to film school in New York, but uh, and then spent my high school days, like if you were to ask where they claim me as my hometown would be Kelowna, I spent the majority of my youth and adolescence in high school and graduated in Kelowna. But uh, I'm now back in Edmonton. I've been back for about five years. Wow! So you've been everywhere. I've been all over. That's cool. Uh, what other mo- what movies have you previously uh, worked on before making Coco? Uh, I've produced. Um, I think it's like my seventh or eighth feature doc. But uh, our my team and I started with the Union, the business behind Getting High, which released in 2007. Um, and then I worked on The Good Son, The Life of Ray Boom Boom Mancini. I was a co-producer on that. Then we did a follow-up to the union called The Culture High. And then we did Ice Guardians, and I worked on I Am Bruce Lee. And then we released Chasing Evil, Life of Robbie Knievel last year. And then uh, this year, and then Ice Guardians, and then Making Coco. So Making Coco is your latest movie, obviously. I guess, how did the movie come about? What made you guys want to do a movie on Grand Fear? Uh, well, I'm a diehard Oilers fan and the director Don Metz approached me because we'd worked together on Ice Guardians and uh, also the series Oil Change about the Oilers and said, you know, I'd like to do something on Grant. I've been talking to him about doing something and I said, I'd love to do something on Grant, but we had to make sure that there was a compelling enough story. And then when you look at Grant's personal life outside of hockey and then also what he accomplished, you know, the barriers he broke playing hockey, we're like, oh, there's definitely a feature film here. So we dove in and it's always nice when after years of grinding your your name and your work starts to speak for itself and when we first got on the phone with grant obviously he'd known director don metz for years but then he was very aware of ice guardians he'd watch it two or three times on netflix and loved it so he was like hey if you two are doing it you know i'm Grant's not super big about being in the limelight, but he said, if you guys both believe there's a great story there and I've seen both of your guys work and trust you, then I will, you know, I'd like to move ahead and do something. So now the uh, Making Coco movie, does that mainly fi- mainly uh, feature on the time in the 90s he was suspended or does it more focus on his entire career as a goalie? It focused on everything more as him as the human being, but obviously like, you know, what he accomplished in hockey, but we go into the suspension, we go into his adoption, um, because many did not know Grant was adopted. Uh, You know, he was a black child with a white family that grew up in Spruce Grove and, um, you know, was a first really the first man of color in the Hall of Fame and really the first black superstar in the NHL. So uh, we kind of cover the whole gamut of of everything he accomplished within the sport, but him as a human being as well. So I know uh, he talked about the suspension a lot. How, I guess, did he open up to you guys uh, when he was talking about it? Uh, About everything, about how he, you know, about the drug use and how it all went down. and, And that actually discovering that in itself, how that all went down was very... Um, compelling and exciting and we knew it would be something fans didn't really know the whole story because the suspension would never fly today Um, because he was never failed an NHL test because they didn't do him back then he never failed a team test Uh, he never was arrested or criminally charged or had a DUI 
all he did is he simply admitted it because the Edmonton Journal was going to run a story about him because his ex-wife and his former agent had come forth as the witnesses. And this was a year after he'd already gone to rehab and had stopped using, but they, you know, um, had come forward after this point in time to reveal his hidden journals and everything else was private. And then the journal approached him and said, look, we're going to run the story with or without you because we have two witnesses, um, uh, two credible witnesses. So he said, okay, well, if you guys are going to run it anyway, I may as well get my two cents in there, even though you're going to probably change it, manipulate my words. And because he admitted it to the Edmonton journal, that's why the NHL suspended him. Wow. <laughs> that's crazy. So good reward for doing the right thing, right? He put himself through rehab, hadn't used in over a year, and then was going to take it on the chin and face like a man and be honest about it. And because he did, that's why the NHL, the NHL was originally looking at a lifetime suspension. Wow. And didn't he retire at 26? He did that as a ploy to get out of his contract. Oh, okay. Didn't last very long. No. <laughs> it was That part didn't make it into the dock. We circled around it and stuff like that, but it wasn't really... It was where he was kind of being told by his agent and stuff at the time to do that. And he, I mean, if you knew how much Grant loved hockey, you're just like, what? Like, no one really believed it, but yeah. it was a way, it was a negotiating tactic to get out of this. Yeah. So uh, Don Metz, he's, uh, he works with the Oilers, correct? Correct, yeah. So how was it getting interviews with guys like Gretzky, Anderson, Broder, Messi? I mean, you guys basically had... How many guys in the Hockey Hall of Fame and how many Stanley Cups? <laughs> yeah, we had a, a ton. It was the easiest project for interviews I've ever worked on. Um, you know, Don has a great relationship with many of these guys, especially the old Oilers and stuff. He's known them for years. They all love and respect Grant to no end. So, um, you know, and then that compiled with most of them have seen Ice Guardians and really loved Ice Guardians that when the three things combined, it was like, oh, for, for Fierzy, no problem. Who's directing? Don? Oh, perfect. And then they're like, and who's the producing crew? Like, oh, Ice Guard? Like, we had to turn people down. We had so wow. many people jumping on board to interview that we just were like, man, we could make a series. Like, we just can't can't do this many more interviews. We, we And yeah, and then also when we went down to St. Louis, Kelly Chase is down there, who I was my, uh, you know, executing, executive producing partner on Ice Guardians, and you know, he just opened the floodgates in St. Louis. That's how we got almost everybody down there, like Al McInnes, Chris Pronger, uh, Martin Brodeur, uh, Chaser, Brett Hall. They were all down in St. Louis, and he just Kelly had them line up wow. to just do interviews. Yeah, that that almost never happens for a documentary. No, it was, but again, like everyone just loves those that have played or know Grant Fuhrer personally are just like like everyone was like for Fierzy, no problem. Wow, like it, it really it was. I've never had an easier job of an interview list. You're going to be spoiled going to other docs where you get a lot of no's and people aren't willing to do it. But like, yeah, for his, it was so easy. So the guys like Gretzky, Anderson, Broder, they were all like... No problem. No they problem. Were they, like, they were all good. Gretzky like... was the hardest just because his schedule is crazy. Right. Right. Like right. the commitments on that man's time. I don't know how like that guy doesn't just want to like unplug for three months and not talk to anybody because he just every day he's getting asked for something yeah no right like we even witnessed one time we were hanging out with his two sons ty ty and them in toronto and we could overhear them talking about their dad's schedule when they could sit down to talk to him about something wow i don't know what it was but they're like yeah he's got time tomorrow we meet him for lunch and like you know because it's so busy there's time to try to pull him like and even us like look we were trying to approach him because we wanted his time right we wanted to sit down and do an interview and 
it's so that was the the toughest one but like wayne said right away he would do it for furzy it was just a matter of figuring out time and then we got a time when he was coming to edmonton uh and he was like sure yeah do it in the oilers alumni room i'll do the interview no problem wow cool so what's the uh, biggest thing you learned about grant in uh the film well the biggest thing i learned was i told you is the suspension and how it all went down like it's yeah. it's ludicrous the way it went down that here's a guy that put himself into rehab because he was such a competitor and wanted you know, felt that he was parting, never really felt he had a problem, like, like, you know, an addict. And I definitely, you know, I've had my, my brother's, uh, you know, an alcoholic and I've done two films on the drug war and experienced right. people that have, that are true addicts. And he was not an addict. He was a young guy that had won four Stanley cups, the youngest dynasty in any sport history. And it was the eighties when cocaine was very prevalent. And, and that was also a time when you'd go to party. Like the Oilers were not inaccessible like they are today. Like when they won the cup, they went and partied with the city. Right. Right. They like now you do those, you know, parades so the city can kind of enjoy it with you. But they, so Grant is just like, man, we're young making mistakes. Right. Like we went out and partied. And, and then he put himself into rehab to get better because he felt he was, you know, getting a little too crazy and, and was punished for it. So that part was really shocking. But then I didn't know Grant was adopted. And, I didn't know all that either. And I also didn't realize like, you know, the breakthroughs he did in hockey, not just for encouraging everyone to play. Like we have Jerome McGinley in the film that says like, he was a huge inspiration to me because at a young age, Jerome said he wanted to play in the NHL. And he said, people would be like, Jerome, come on. Like how many black guys do you see in the NHL? And he's like, how do you not see Grant Fuhrer right there? He's from the neighboring town. I'm from St. Albert. He's from Spruce Grove. He's an all-star so, you know, and if you also look at what Grant brought, like no one moved like Grant did in the night. Like we, when you look at these old clips, like we brought my, my daughter's hockey team and all these other people like, man, he's 30 feet out of the net and he's making three. Like he, like Grant said, he's like, man, when I, I didn't even have a goalie coach until he was in Buffalo. Wow. He'd already won five Stanley Cups before <laughs> you just, That's you nuts. just figured, you just figured it out. Right. And he was really gifted athletically. So he was able to as a small goalie and he would change up his style all the time too. And that's why he was known as being, you know, he could be so acrobatic at times because he would do different things. Sometimes he'd really challenge you out of the net. Sometimes he'd stay back more like a butterfly style. And so you, you really realize when you go into him, how much he revolutionized, you know, goaltending is that you really didn't see a style like his until him. And then you really see his temperament and the human being he is, because the stats always come in and you'll have some people say, well, I don't even put Grant in the top 100 goalies, which right. is ridiculous. Because yeah. if you talk to his teammates, they're like something Grant brought that no other goaltender brought is how calm he was. Like Grant was calm, like suit goaltenders. As we started doing interviews, even with other goaltenders, they would say, yeah, we're pretty neurotic and kind of like the team is one thing and the goalie is something else. But Grant was not like that. He was just even keel, never flipped out when he let a goal in. He was the calmest guy that he would just be like, okay, I will stop the next one. Even if I let four in, it's a 4-4 game. They're not getting any more. Yeah. And that confidence that he allowed the team to do that. And also, like, you know, he never cared about his own personal stats, which a lot of goalies, he was very unselfish with that, where a lot of goalies now are all about their own stats and stuff like that. And, like, if you're winning and you don't play defensive, you get upset, like – Wayne talks about in the film. He's like, he never got upset if we were winning five, nothing. And we tried to get a seventh goal. Like if we left him and he got hung out to dry on a two on nothing. And, 
Like Grant didn't get mad about that stuff. For him, wins were most important, not goalie stats. So those things would be the things I learned most about him and just how incredible a man. Like I've got to work with a lot of incredible people in, in my career. And there's, you know, very, I've been very fortunate to do that. But there's that certain time when you meet someone that didn't just accomplish incredible things, but also is an incredible human being. And Grant is that guy. Like he's just such a sweetheart and genuine nice man too which is really refreshing yeah that's uh i i didn't even know half the things about grant that you just said and i'm like wow that's yeah like like it kind of says uh what type of guy he is and what type of goalie he was in the nhl uh just yeah quick... that's that he like wayne says it in the film spoilers to those i'm seeing he says it like a dozen times that he said there would be no argument of who the best is if we were a defensive team but like we never like we have a Plinsky joke in the film and someone he's like he's like he's like did the Oilers ever really play defense he's like like I know they had defense but did they like and he and he makes another joke he's like the only time Grant saw his defenseman is when he walked them out of the dressing room to start the game like yeah. they, they, we have we have footage of because like he'd help even with a breakout there's a year that Grant got 14 assists because 14. his 14. <laughs> Right, yeah, and Samanko teased him, being like, "Hey, Fierzy, you're making me look bad. You better slow down." Right, like where the they the defense would still be coming back on the blue line, and the players would come in, and he deliberately kick the save out to the blue line so they could get an odd man rush. He'd no come way. out and challenge and kick the save. When we show footage of this, he kicks it right out to Anderson to go make a play. That's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how long were How long were you working on the film for? Was it a couple of years or? No, just over a year. Oh, okay. I mean, we worked probably by the time the whole thing, like you raise the money and you go shoot it and edit it, and then you, your release dates will be about two years. But I think the actual production was about a year. Okay, that's cool. And uh, I guess my last question, uh, where could people see the film? Is it going in theaters? Is it going to be on Netflix? Yeah, or? so it's going to be going, uh, the Metro is going to be doing a week-long run from the 9th to the 15th. Okay. Several times a day. So if you go to the Metro website or if you Google it online, you'll find the Facebook page we created for it. Um, if you can't, if you miss those and can't get to the theater, it will be on Roger Sportsnet November 26th. And then if you miss that, Roger Sportsnet will play it a few other times, but um, that's going to be the TV cut, the 48 minute cut, because it'll have commercial breaks and stuff. So yep. the director's cut, which is 70 minutes, will be available on all platforms early in the new year, like VOD, Google Play, Amazon, Vimeo. That will release um, early in the new year. We're still trying to negotiate like a U.S. Uh, TV deal, like either Netflix or Showtime or NBC, okay. but none of those have been confirmed yet. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much for uh, your time. It was honestly awesome. And also, no I'm a real big fan of your work because I love Ice Guardians, by the way. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, Ice Guardians is a special one, too. So it's, uh, it's uh, yeah, I received a, a pretty cool compliment. It's just a Twitter compliment, but someone said, you know, after watching Ice Guardians and making Coco, uh, Adam Scorgi and his team are quickly becoming some of the best hockey documentary filmmakers of our generation, which is a huge compliment to me because both these films are very special to my team and myself. Wow, that's cool. Again, congratulations yeah. on everything, and thank you so much, Adam. No problem. Anytime.